Amen. Praise the Lord. I mean, I love that singing. That is fantastic, man. We got a treat for you guys this year. On Friday morning, instead of chapel games, we're actually going to do a uh, a type of a music camp. We're going to basically split everybody up. We're going to go through a a hymn or two, teach you guys all the different parts, and uh, work through uh, some of the, uh, the ways that your hymnal is written and show you how to follow the notes and all that kind of stuff. Some of you guys are pros at it, but some of you, you look at these hymns and you're like, I don't really know what to make of this. <laughs> I remember when I first started going to church, I didn't even know how to read a hymnal. Like, it went, like, from this line, I thought it went to the one right underneath it, and so I'm, you know, really lost. And uh, so we're going to get, uh, get a chance to do that on Friday. But, uh, man, that was good singing, but now it's time for preaching. Amen? Amen. And uh, my friend, Brother Jeremy Evans... Pastor up in Tawas City, Michigan. He's going to come and preach for us first tonight, brother. Appreciate you guys coming and being a part of our camp for so many years. And uh, really appreciate you being my friend. And uh, he also does a youth rally up there we go to every year. And man, the Lord's really blessed that meeting as well. So, brother, come on. Amen. Appreciate it. Amen. How about 1 Samuel chapter 3 tonight? 1 Samuel chapter 3. Now, as soon as you find it, I'll have you stand, even though you just were standing. I'll have you stand, stretch out here. We'll read a few verses of Scripture here and try to preach something tonight. 1 Samuel chapter 3. <clears throat> All right, let's read here, beginning in verse 1. You can follow along. The Bible says in verse 1, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was finishing his last game of Fortnite. Uh, that's not what that says, is it? I apologize. Some of you just got mad at me saying that. And Samuel was laid down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be if he call thee that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. I know that's the theme of our camp here, and uh, I want to continue that thought here tonight. Pastor Elliot, would you ask the Lord's help in the preaching tonight? Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. 
Now, as we continue that thought about hearing from the Lord and listening to what He has for us, obviously yesterday evening you heard a great deal of some important information, which is all about communication. And I was one of those individuals about almost 30 years ago, I decided to go to college and get myself an education. And some of it took and some of it didn't, but I decided to study criminal justice. And the very first day of the first semester in Pensacola, no, I didn't go to PBI, I apologize, and we'll worry about that later. But they said this, communication is the backbone of any, I'm sorry, communication is the lifeblood of any organization. And that thing has stuck with me ever since. And so much so that when you get into an organization where communication is lax, you kind of get a little bit irritated. Some of you do, some of you are like, no, that's just the way we roll, amen? But we're talking about communication, and then what you heard this afternoon was that how not only how important communication was, but if you don't hear that communication clearly, it's because of a couple things, possibly. Number one, you're not close enough to hear him, or as Charles Tinley wrote in 1901 on the heels of the Welsh Revival, there's something between you and the Lord. So as we continue those thoughts, I'd like to try to direct your attention to the text. And I think there's a number of things here. And uh, one thing I want to remind you today before we start, I don't want to bore you to tears. I want you to remember this, young people, that the Lord speaks very clearly. He speaks very succinctly. That's just a synonym for clearly, right? All right, thank God for thesaurus, right? So he speaks very succinctly. And you, of course, know the passage in the scripture that for God is not the author of... Right? So when you don't hear from the Lord or you're confused about it, it's not the Lord, is it? There's something there. There's something in the way. There's some distance. And, and we, you heard a lot about communication. Now, can I just maybe get you to consider some things involving your preparation? I believe there's some things you can find in the text that will help you prepare, if I could say it like that, to be able to hear from the Lord. And uh, it's not just about trying to find this voice and trying to hear this and that, although you see in the passage that the Lord is revealed through the Word. But notice this in the text here this morning. I want to give you a few things and how your preparation will improve what God has for you. Let me just get right into it here tonight. First of all, when the Lord deals with Samuel, notice in verse 4 really simply that he responds. When the Lord is dealing with Samuel, what does Samuel do? He responds. And one of the most important things that I can see in this passage is the fact that Samuel was willing to respond. Are you an individual that responds tonight when someone speaks to you? <laughs> Many individuals today, when you speak to them, they are unresponsive. Matter of fact, if you're unresponsive, that's a clinical term, isn't it, for dead? They're just unresponsive. Or maybe you're in a coma. And uh, I was thinking about this. God will not use a man or a woman who will not respond. Because if you will not respond, then God can't control you. There's nothing worse to me, we're gonna, there's nothing worse to me than owning a dog. You know, one of them yapping dogs? My daughters have one and finally moved out. And you could yell at it. You could kick it. We're not going to, right? But you could. And it still would not respond. Shut up. And there's nothing worse than owning a dog that will not respond when you try to tell it what to do. You're, like, you're not believing me. 
I was called to a friend's house, this is about 26, uh, 27 years ago, and they had a cat. And they said, uh, Brother Jeremy, would you help uh, take this cat and find a home for it? And I'm like, sure. I'm thinking, why not shoot the thing? I know that's not the right thing to say, but I'm like, no, we're in the city limits. We can't do that. So, so okay, put it in a box. So we put the cat in a box, and uh, I put some duct tape on the box, right? It doesn't matter. Cats are, they don't, they don't, they're not affected by duct tape, I guess. So I'm going down the road at about 55 miles an hour. My wife and I had just, we haven't been married very long, uh, and she had a brand new 1996 Lumina. Ooh, right. It was pretty cool. Anyway, so uh, this cat's in the back, right? And I'm like, oh, it's okay, little kitty, it'll be all right. And all of a sudden, this cat just got possessed by the devil. <laughs> Shot out of that box like nobody's business. And all of a sudden, that cat is doing laps inside of that car. If I'm lying, I'm a dying. This thing, you know, all of a sudden, it's, it's from here, kitty, kitty, to I'm a tiger, and I'm going to bite your head off. And I'm like, stop, stop. You know, the cat is not listening at all. You say, what'd you do? I did anything any normal man would do. I grabbed it by the face and shoved it down into the wheel well there uh, by, the, by the shifter there. And the thing just clamped right on my thumb. And it hurt really bad. So I did the next thing any sane man would do at 55. I hit the automatic window and threw it out the window. Amen. Uh, now, true story, not just preaching, it actually came back four miles back to the house that it was staying at. Can I tell you that that cat was just a little bit unresponsive? But in verse 4, tonight I want you to see the first thing in preparation, if you're going to hear what the Lord has for you, you have to learn to respond. Wife and I had the privilege of working with young people for 18 years. And uh, we would always, you know, if you're married, it's a good thing to talk to one another. And we'd always have those conversations because there were always individuals that would not respond when you said, hello. And they'd be like, like hello, that's hi. How are you? And they're looking at you like you're an alien. Can I say those individuals, and not necessarily all, and maybe they're having a bad day, and maybe they're in trouble with mom and dad, but those young people who refuse to respond even to authority or adults, most of them don't have a relationship with the Lord. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm saying it is so important to respond. And in this society, we have been taught, we've been trained to, to live every moment but the one we're in. And when the Lord speaks to you and I, we have to learn, like Samuel did, even though he didn't have it right at first, we have to learn to respond. Do you see that in the text tonight? Uh, when I was growing up as a, as a little youngster, my parents had a farm, and uh, we had horses. Horses are kind of cool until you've got to clean out the stall. That's not so cool. But anyways, uh, we had this, this horse. Uh, uh, her name was Spring, and she was a barrel rider, a barrel, uh, whatever you call it. Uh, anyway, she was really smart, and you could get on her without a saddle, and you'd say, walk, and she'd walk, and you could say, trot, and you know, like that, and you could say, run, you better hang on, right? So my dad thought it was a great idea to get me this big barreled belly pony named Sparky. And Sparky was pretty cool looking. <laughs> that was the only thing cool about him. He was cool looking, looked like a silver bullet. Anyway, so dad said, all right, you got to get on, you got you, you to you break Sparky. And I don't know if Sparky had ever been written. And I got on Sparky, and the whole time dad's standing there, Sparky's behaving. 
got the saddle on and, you know, tightened it up and jumped over. And, and he's like, okay. And he does this little swat on the flank and spark and pew, takes off like a bullet. And all of a sudden, it doesn't matter if I'm screaming, I'm yelling, I'm hollering, I'm kicking it. Sparky is unresponsive. And he's going about, to me it seemed like 70, but he's probably going like 25. And there was these two saplings beside the corral. Sparky would always run me through. He planned it that way, and they were so close together, he would barely fit his big old belly through there, and he'd knock me right off. And a lot of times, I think that's the Lord. He's trying to saddle us. He's trying to get a response out of us, and we're just kind of running him off. But in verse 4, I want you to notice that he responds. And Samuel responds when the Lord deals with him. And here, I believe this is where the Christian relationship really begins when you and I are willing to respond to what God has for us. Even if you don't understand it. It's a good practice to get into to learn to respond. Do you respond to preaching? See, in our circles, uh, I guess you can call it circles, in our circles we usually wait, and I'm not looking to invite chaos. Your preachers know that. But we usually wait and we try to put the Lord in a little box. Like, I'm going to wait till the end and then I'm going to go up and I'm going to kneel at an altar for about two minutes and I'm going to feel real terrible and I'm going to say a couple prayers and I'm going to go back. But you need to learn to be willing to respond when the Lord deals with you. Do you respond to preaching? How about your Bible reading? When you read the Bible, do you read it just out of duty or do you actually read it so you can get something from it? Now, I know that's a silly question because we would, none of us would say, no, I'm just reading to check off a box until I get to 1 Chronicles 1 through 10. Then I'm checking the box, man. A little bit about Jabez, hallelujah, but all the rest of it, yep. Do you respond to preaching? How about the, do you respond to your pastor? When your pastor talks to you, when your youth pastor, your youth leader, youth director, when they talk to you, how about, do you respond to one another? He wants us to respond. That's the first thing I see in verse number Four, the next thing I want you to see in verse 4, not only does Samuel respond, but notice that his response is not rude. You say, well, that's great, preacher. It is, actually. Throughout this passage, Samuel continues to respond in a constant manner. He's not put out. He's not rude. And guess what? He continues to respond even though he doesn't get the answer right away. We see uh, persistence here. He responds, and in his response, he's not rude. If you look over there at verse, uh, uh, verse number 4, verse number 5, it says, And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I. The first time he heard it, he responds just like that, and he goes back again and again, and he responds. Continuous response, I believe, is absolutely imperative in the Christian life. And it's a difficult thing because you have to make yourself do it. When you perceive the Lord's talking to you, let me ask you this question. Are you rude to the Holy Spirit? You say, how in the world could I be rude to the Holy Spirit? I guess one of the things I see as a parent and uh, as a substitute teacher is when you talk to people, they ignore you. That's rude, isn't it? When the Holy Spirit talks to you, do you ignore him? Do you pretend that you're doing something else? I can't hear you. I know someone's talking to me. That's just kind of rude, isn't it? I'm just showing you here that uh, Samuel responds, and it's not rude. Well, let's move on here. Samuel, he was responsive. He wasn't rude. And look in the text. 
uh, he was ready to go. He was ready to do anything. And verse 5 says he ran unto Eli. Look at verse 6, right there in the text. And Samuel arose and went to Eli. Look at verse 8. I know this a lot, but I'm just trying to show you this through the passage. Right through the passage, verse 8. He arose and went to Eli. No doubt Samuel was ready. No doubt most of you in here are ready to do whatever it is you can to help out. I know that about you. If I asked you to do something, you'd probably do it. But what if you don't get the answer the first time? Well, he was ready to run. And look, I know what Hebrews 12.1 says. Hebrews 12.1 says we're to run with patience, right? So there you go, preacher, you're supposed to run. 2 Corinthians 9.24, what does that say? I'm sure 1 Corinthians 9.25 says run that you may obtain. So the Christian life is a race, right? But I want you to notice here in the text the next two times, uh, in verse uh, 6 and verse 8, Samuel stops running. It just says that he arose and went. You say, what are you trying to say? I'm just trying to say, first of all, he got to run, and then the next, second time and third time, he just starts to slow down a little bit. See, if you're going to listen to what God has for you, sometimes it just can't be all about being fast. You think you know what God wants you to do, and you just run off and do it. Well, you see, Sam, he ran off and do it, and he wasn't even spot on. He had a misunderstanding of what the Lord wanted or who the Lord was. When the Lord finally deals with Samuel, guess what? He has to lie down and just be quiet. And finally, you know what Samuel uh, does? Well, he listens to that old preacher, and that old preacher uh, tells you that what you and I need in our life is accuracy over speed. Look at it. You know, when I'm fast in the Christian life, I'm not always accurate. And when I'm accurate, <laughs> I'm rarely fast. I don't know if that makes any sense tonight, but Samuel, he's ready. He's ready to do the right thing. And how about this? The Lord calls you. Are you going to be ready? Have you done any preparation? Are you ready to do what it is God wants you to do? When you're called upon, will you be ready? Something to think about, I guess. Let me show you this one. When the Lord speaks, notice that Samuel, he's responsive. He's not rude. He's ready to run. And notice here in verse 5, Samuel's redirected. In the Christian life, guess what? It's full of redirection. Verse 5 says, I called not, lie down again. Look at verse 6. I called not, my son, lie down again. Look at verse 9. Three times. Go lie down. And it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. The Christian life is full of redirection. Was it Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23? The Bible says that uh, instructions of reproof are the way of life. I hate to say it, but you just better get used to redirection. <laughs> How do you handle direction? I mean, you want to hear from the Lord, don't you? You ever stop and think that if you're going to hear from the Lord, you might get a little bit of redirection? You might be get told to go a different way? Do you receive direction? Proverbs 19.20. You know what Solomon says. Receive instruction that thou may be as wise in thy latter end. Hardest thing for me to do, even at 48, is to take instruction. Why? You think you know it all. I do too. Now, some of you don't think that. But most of us guys do. Do you receive instruction or do you hate it? Well, child of God, he's supposed to receive instruction, love instruction, 
keep instruction and pursue instruction. I'm not going to chase all those verses down. You know them. So Samuel, he's redirected. And you know what he does? He takes it every single time. Every single time. He goes back to bed. <laughs> verse 5 and verse 6 and verse 9. But in verse 9, he's given a new direction. And Samuel faithfully follows the new direction every single time. I was looking at this passage, and I see that he keeps sending Samuel back to bed. And you know what I think? Many times the Lord has sent me back to bed. He wants to know if I'm willing to wait. Are you willing to wait? Or do you got to have the answer now? I mean, we're talking about responding, right? We're talking about getting what God wants. We're talking about listening to the Lord. We're talking about hearing what he has for us. Do you really think you're going to get it all the first time? I'm just trying to encourage you that Samuel had to go back to bed a few times. And I believe sometimes the Lord will send you back to bed just to see if you're willing to wait. Many Christians are willing to listen to the Lord, and many Christians are willing to do a certain thing for God. But I've noticed this over the last few years. Some Christians are not willing to not do it. Not do it. Let me show you this. After Samuel's response, his not being rude, his readiness, his ability to run, his redirection, I want you to see at last uh, that the, the Lord has finally revealed unto Samuel. This thing takes time. It takes time. You and I are in a generation of instant everything. You just want it. You pull up your Amazon app. You search it out. And one touch by. Man, that's the most dangerous thing in the world. I told this story at my church before, but I was, we were looking at cameras for the church. You know, you got them cameras back there. Those aren't cheap. So I'm looking at this camera like, oh, this is a really cool camera. And it was, I think, $2,400. Well, the heat from my thumb actuated the one-touch buy. And I, I'm in Walmart parking lot, and I go, oh. You say, why? I didn't have $2,400 in there. One touch. Oh. But everything is instant. So thank the Lord Amazon had more sense than I did. And they said, you don't have enough money in your bank account, so we're not going to ship that. <laughs> but you and I are in an instant generation. And if you really want to hear from God this week and today and tonight, you're going to have to continue to look at the redirection. You're going to have to be persistent. You're going to have to learn to respond. This, uh, this revelation unto Samuel, I'm going to tell you here, uh, young people, persistence pays off. Old preacher told me this a while back. He says, if you stick and stay, it'll surely pay. It'll surely pay. And this revealing here, this revealing in the text in verses 11 to 14, it was to deliver a message concerning Eli. And it was a very negative message. And the interesting thing about that message, really not the, the message tonight, but that message was negative, and when Eli heard it, it's like he says, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. So when you get the message, how do you receive it? How do you receive it? So Samuel, in verse 15, I want you to notice that Samuel's response to the Lord speaking to him is worth noting. In verse 15, Samuel lay until the morning. You see that? You say, so what? Okay, so Samuel, he was calm. He wasn't crazy. Right? Lord ever deal with you on something? He was calm. He wasn't crazy. Verse 15, Samuel immediately, he reassumed routine duty. You see that in verse 15? If you look at verse 15, 
The first thing he does, he gets up and he goes back to work. God speaks to you, what do I do? You don't go crazy, you stay calm. And immediately you get back to doing your chores. You see that? And Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He didn't get up and he says, I have a revelation from God that nobody else has. He was calm, he wasn't crazy. He got up and did his chores. Now so Samuel, he had learned some things at a young age and what I see through this whole thing is that no matter the age of Samuel, he's got some self-control. And God's looking for some young people. God's looking for some men and women that have some self-control. It's interesting that he didn't frantically fly off the handle and he didn't blow up Facebook. He didn't immediately go out and start a GoFundMe page for Eli. You've got to help Eli. He's in a bad fix. He didn't fly off the handle with Eli's revelation. He didn't get in Eli's face. You know what he did? Look at verse 15. When God spoke to him, he feared. I want you to see his reaction. When God speaks to you, what's your reaction? It says he feared. You say, why? Probably because Eli was like a father to him. Nobody likes to deliver bad news. Well, when God's ready to reveal himself, the question I have for you today is, will you be prepared to receive it? Will you be prepared? You can get prepared. You know, this place right here, this meeting right here, the time that is invested into you and invested right here at this campground is a place that you can get prepared. There's no time like the present. There's no time like the present. I want you to consider that in order for our communication to be right with the Lord, most often it involves the right type of preparation. And this message here tonight was just to get you to see that Communication, while it is most important in the lifeblood of every organization, it involves our preparation. We've got to have some skin in the game. And that's the message I have for you tonight. Brother Joe.